0: House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process
1: in all genres. Hi, everybody, and welcome to my show this evening. And tonight, I'm joined by the very beautiful and wonderful Jackie Dennison, who joins me um, from the UK. But you guys will know her. Um, for her amazing contribution to the very long-running show, Rescue Mediums. And Jackie, oh, Jackie, you've done so many things, so welcome to the show, first of all.
0: Thanks for inviting me.
1: And obviously, through the introduction, I've, I've explained that a lot of viewers who are in um, Canada and the US will know you from Rescue Mediums and, of course, here in, in the UK. Um, but you've done so many more things, haven't you?
0: Yeah, I've, I've done um, other television work as well, you know, not, not just rescue mediums, but um, most of the things I do sort of centre around the business I have in Cheshire. So, um, you know, we, we, we do all sorts of things there, um, including workshops and things, and we take workshops all around um, the country here in England, but also in Canada and uh, in Spain as well. So, yeah, quite, um, no, no two days are ever the same. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, and and also you've you've um have you written books or have you been part of books? I know that there's um on your website there was talk of you doing some writings.
0: Yeah, I've, I've uh, written a book with um, uh, with Christine uh, Hamlet, who yeah. I, I did the first three seasons of Rescue Mediums with. Uh, we wrote a local history book, but it's a local, it, it's a factual book um, about um, a, a mansion that was here, and the family that lived here uh, in that mansion in Cheshire, just um, a short distance away from where we both live, um, and, uh, but the twist was that we had a lot of psychic experiences there, so we conducted a series of discussions with spirit members, and we picked up um, quite a lot on the video camera that we used then. Uh, quite a lot of sound recordings, so you can actually hear them um, communicating back with us. So the the twist in the book, the book is called a house with spirits because it's the spirit of the house, but also um, that spirits, the spirits are still there. The spirits are still there, connected to the house. So so that was the first book that I wrote, but I'm in the middle of writing a book with uh, Steve Furlong, who is my um, business partner at uh, Feathers. He's my psychic partner. And so we, we've, we've got a book that's sort of three quarters written, and that's about psychic development and rescue uh, work as well. And then I've had my psychic art published uh, very recently uh, in in a book as well. So this it's quite diverse. Um, different things, you know, that uh, I've been involved in, that um, I like I like to keep a finger in a lot of different ways on a spiritual level and psychic level.
1: Mm. And, and, and you do your, is it you, well, you continue to do your Supernatural Online column every month?
0: Yeah, I, um, well, Steve and I both write. Um, uh, you know, it's usually about the work that we do. It's usually about, uh, you know, spirit rescue work we do, or um, in, in England or Canada, as well and i think we've, we've posted a few that we've done in spain um uh, but also uh, personal experiences like um steve had an out of body experience so time travel his was about uh, time travel uh, and mine was um when you when you go back in time and it's a time slip so um because i had i've had a couple of experiences where that's happened. So the um, the stories that go into the Supernatural magazine are all very personal. It's, it, they're not stories that we've mm. written. Um, uh, they're all factual stories, things that have happened to either one of us or to both of us when we've been together.
1: Okay, so I mean, we've, 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 I suppose listeners would have heard um, us mention Feathers um, a few times already. Um, right, in the early Early part of this interview, so I guess we should really explain to people what this what this business is. You talk about business partners, you talk about feathers, but but inherently, this is about offering um, your skills and expertise and supporting others to learn.
0: Absolutely, um, feathers was opened, as um, we've been open, I think, since two thousand um, and two now, and it's it's just a little shop that's um, in the the town that we live in, Northwich in Cheshire, um, a little shop that we sell spiritual uh, gifts and things. But mainly it's a centre where people can come and get help and advice. So um, the the shop area is like a sitting room. So it's like walking into somebody's sitting room. We've got a fireplace there and little tables and chairs around. So um, people can come and just get help and advice. You know, maybe they've had a problem... Uh, a dream they can't understand, so they'll come in, and there's always somebody there that can chat to them um, about what's been happening. Maybe try and explain to them uh, what's been going on, or somebody who's maybe experiencing um, a feeling of being watched, or um, that there's just somebody in the house and that they're not quite sure who it is. So we'll talk through them to them. Sorry. Uh, in a number of different ways to find out whether um, it is spirit that's causing that or whether there's something else. So th- there's always help and advice there. You know, maybe somebody um, is wanting to know, they've got, they bought a set of angel cards and they're not quite sure how to use them. So they'll come in for, um, for advice. And the kettle's always on. So we do get the. Those people who come for a free cup of tea or free coffee and a free biscuit, uh, and we don't mind that either. Um, but we teach there. We teach um, clairvoyant development there. We do Reiki treatments there. We've got a lovely lady called Anne Jones who's our Reiki master, and she um, she teaches Reiki as well as doing um, the uh, treatments. Reiki treatments. Um, we do past life. Uh, work there too. So there's lots of things on offer at Feathers, and of course clairvoyant readings, we've got three reading rooms, but everybody who works there and we have different mediums in um, every day, I, I, I'm virtually there, I'm, it's, it's under my bed's not there because I'm, I'm virtually there every single day. Um, so we have other mediums that work there on certain days, but everybody who works there has been trained there and I think that's what makes it so unique. Um, we're a family, so we call ourselves, you know, it's like the Feathers family. It's like the Rescue Mediums family. We've got a Rescue Mediums family and I've got a Feathers family. Um, so we know how everybody works. Everybody who works there has been trained by either myself or by Steve Furlong, who you've heard me uh, talk about. as my business partner. He's my my psychic rock, Steve. Um, and I, I couldn't and don't want to ever manage without him. Um, so we both we both teach and we travel all around um, England, we travel to Canada and to Spain taking workshops that we do at Feathers. We take them outside so that other people can enjoy the same sort of workshops. So that's in a nutshell what, what Feathers does and who Steve is.
1: And I think you've touched on something really important there because um, certainly... Um, when people talk about going to mediums, I somebody contacted me recently and said, "Are you a member of this? Have you done that? Have you done this?" Said, and I said, "You have to go with somebody that you trust. You have to go with somebody where they're you make that connection with. Do not just go with somebody because they're local, they've got availability, or you know you find the person that best suits you. And you know would never just book somebody in on that basis. And in the same way, I wouldn't I wouldn't work with somebody on stage." unless I trusted that person. So that Feathers Academy and having that family there is, is critical, isn't it? To be able to get the most out of people and the best out of people and to be able to move um, those people attending forward in their development because there is that innate trust and understanding of the way each other works.
0: Yes, exactly. And what we do with the, um, the uh, students, when uh, the students have completed their um, awareness and then... The, the development course we don 't just leave them high and dry and say right that 's the, the end of everything now We have um, other things set in place, so we have a meditation evening where it 's just meditation we have an open uh, circle uh, sorry a closed circle uh, evening for for that for the group that have developed together, they can then carry on that, that further development um, and trust with each other. Uh, within a very safe environment. But we also provide a platform within Feathers for them to practice doing readings, So they're, if they're stuck, if they're not quite sure how to deliver a message to somebody, then there's always an experienced medium there that can say, well, look, you know, maybe you should look at it like this, or maybe we should just open this up a little bit, or, you know, so there's, there's, it's a continuing thing where you're. You're nurturing the fledglings, if you like, while they're still developing, you know, for as long as they want to be there. So there's always quite a lot of us there. There's usually three mediums a day, uh, on, uh, and at least one of those is a fledgling medium that's, that's getting that support.
1: Fantastic. Um, and how would, you, how would people um, who are not accessible to Cheshire um, be able to tap into that support?
0: Um, we, at the moment, we offer Skype readings. Um, we are looking into, um, because we we take the workshops ar- around, um, uh, you know, to other places too. Um, but th- there is quite a big demand for um, online uh, workshops. And we're, at the moment, we're sort of looking into the development of that, into how we can best get that um, across and help help others who can't get to us Uh, obviously as you know yourself a lot of it uh, a lot of the work that you do is is very very hands-on so Mm. um, if you're teaching somebody um... maybe I don't know maybe healing maybe it's a healing thing maybe you're you're demonstrating healing you've got to be able to be i personally feel you've got to be with that person that you're teaching the healing to so that a they can feel that themselves um, they can they're in receipt of it but when they're giving the healing the person they're giving the healing to can feel that so they've got that feedback straight away look, because a lot of the work that we do of course is energy work and it's something you've got to be able to feel mm. um, so it, it, with online classes which is, I say, something that we are looking into and it's something that I already do um, with veryparanormal.com um, which, you know, we, we can talk a little bit more about later if you like yeah. um, uh, it, It's there's only certain things that you can do um, online w- without having that that uh, feedback there and then i know you can see someone through skype and i know that you're able to have that um, um discussion straight away so if yeah if somebody if we do the meditation then the meditation could be interpreted um that's not a problem if you're doing something like uh, psychometry or you're working with someone's energy where you know you would hold a hand uh, to to feel the vibrations from that other person that's something that you weren't able to do um, in an online class so I think they have to be structured and that's why we've been very cautious about how we're doing our online classes because it's not something you can just go into it's something that needs to be looked into in um, a very practical sort of way to find out I know there's quite a lot, I'm not trying to knock people, I know there's quite a lot of people that offer online classes and some of them are a ridiculous amounts of money to get a certificate at the end of it and and this is all about mainly it, 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 because you're working with energy and you're working with spirit energy in particular you, you, you have to feel it, I feel you have to be with someone to be able to generate that energy in its fullest form let's put it that way
1: yeah, I totally agree, and, and coming back to the point I was making when we I talked about that kind of trust in working with somebody and standing alongside somebody on stage, et etc. et cetera. Um, again, it's that initial meeting with somebody, you very quickly pick up on, on that person's energy and, and how you'll link with that person to go forward. Yeah,
0: um,
1: In In terms of, um, you, you mentioned just now a little bit about people coming into Feathers, and um, asking, for example, um, I've got something happening in my house and it's it's worrying me, um, a door bangs, uh, noise, whatever that may be. and for you guys to help them to understand whether that's spirit or whether it is that has another cause, is that not something also that you would want to go out and investigate the property? in a two-pronged approach, in scientific and psychically, or do you feel that's that's doable from feathers? Um, you
0: no, know, what we always uh, do is what we... It, it works differently than how I work on rescue mediums because on rescue mediums we have no idea where we're going to. We don't know, you know, in advance where we're going to or, or, or anything. So we we'll work in a completely different way initially with that. But when we're, we're working... Um, in, in this way at Feathers. So, so, say somebody was to come in with all and present all of those problems. What we, um, what we would do once we've got all the information from the, um, from the person, either in, in person at Feathers or over the phone, um, we would then ask them to keep a diary for two weeks. And within that two weeks, we'd ask them to write all the things that were happening. Um, just for example, you know, a clock may stop. So what time did the clock stop? Who was in the house at the time? Um, what was the conversation maybe an hour or so before the clock stopped? Um, all of those sorts of things. Or maybe the other lights went out. Well, who was in the house at the time? The lights went out. Was anybody having a conversation at the time? Um, it could be that they see a shadow on the stairs or just have a feeling that someone's there or maybe um, it's a certain smell or a sound um, so we ask them to write down absolutely everything even if it seems silly to write it down and the time it happened and who was there at the time because this can be very helpful when we are paying a, a, a visit to the house because we would then go out to the house but only after a two week period of time and it could be that we could help remotely uh, um, and we've done that on a number of occasions if we didn't feel it was necessary to go to the property um but nine times out of ten we if it was in within driving distance we would uh, we would go out and if not, we would pass the information on to someone we trust uh, in the country who is very capable of dealing with something like that because we do do paranormal investigations as well um uh, and we, we would take it, equipment with us but we always say and I'm sure you agree with this as well that you know we've got all this equipment that can um, uh, it, it can sort of add to what we've got, it can confirm things uh, that we are picking up but uh, the best sort of tool you can use is yourself um, and so just for example and I'm sure this is exactly you know the sort of things that you, you're talking about um, if you were to sp- suspect that there was um, spirit present um, at that time and uh, maybe it was a male spirit that you were making that uh, connection with uh, you could always use like the EMF meters or uh, even a pendulum to make that confirmation uh, to, you know that there is somebody there with you at that time that's um, got an energy to it and whether that uh, energy is male female or, or whatever so yeah I think one I think they can enhance things.
1: So, so in terms of, um, I guess, one of my questions for a little bit later on was actually going to be, where do you think um, mediumship and paranormal investigation is heading currently, especially here in the UK? Um, and I'm bringing that question in now because there are various groups around the UK that will scientifically look at the nature of orbs, investigation, how people investigate, um, the use of EMF, and I suppose uh, rule them out as being useful. Yes. So how, how, how do you sit on that? What's your feeling about how that affects mediumship and paranormal investigation and, and how it's heading in the UK?
0: I think they go side by side, to be honest. It depends what the mediumship is being used for. Um, obviously, uh, you know, a, a medium will uh, give proof that, you know, that life is continuous and therefore, we, you know, mass- messages this can be passed on to loved ones that are on the Earth plane um, but if you're doing an investigation, you're doing um, a, a paranormal investigation or whatever that investigation, you've, you're using your mediumistic ability to be able to make that connection and if science can confirm what mediums are already picking up on, uh, are already making that connection, if From a scientific point of view, that can be uh, you know a backup. That's got to be a good thing, surely.
1: Oh no, I absolutely agree. I think there's that there are people out there. um, I've interviewed, um, for example, Steve Parsons from Parascience. He's written papers on orbs. He's he's looked at the use of EMF, and largely would say, the one thing that is stable in terms of investigating is our own senses and yeah. that we go in and we, we, we investigate somebody else's experience. So to go in at different times and try and replicate the same thing happening again is very um, short-sighted in, in many ways and of course paranormal groups out there in the UK are charged a lot of money to go in and investigate and there are only, uh, many yes. places they, they go to are big, big places and they're maybe 750 plus back per night and the only time they can get in there is at night so you're not at you're losing that sense of we're investigating somebody else's experiences and we're able to try and replicate that in that time that moment that whoever was there present who was talking to see if we could we could have the same scenario happen again um and it's making it much more entertainment as a and money making as opposed to true investigation
0: yeah it depends what um i say it, it depends what what you know what your purpose is in going there i mean a lot of people because um, feathers we have feathers paranormal investigations group um and this is a group that um we do charge we because do, we don't ch- charge at all for rescue work uh, in any way shape or form but, but with a paranormal investigation where we take members of the public with us to an investigation. Um, of course we have to uh, as an as a paranormal group um mm-hmm. we have to um uh, pay for the venue as you know yeah. and and then therefore in order to recoup your own um, uh, charges you or the you know whatever it is you're having to pay out for you've you've got to charge the individuals for that experience now um i think what what the worrying thing is a lot of, I'm I'm not saying every paranormal group does this, Um, a a lot of paranormal groups go in without any, uh, they go in for the fear factor straight away and that's what they're there for because the people that are on their paranormal group, that's what they want. To to me that's not what Feathers Paranormal Investigations offers. We offer, we teach people, we don't actually um, We work mediumistically. Say there was uh, 30 people with us on an investigation. Um, We always have at least three or four mediums um, working on the same night and we split those into groups. So we have uh, a group, uh, say we've got 40 people and we've got four mediums, so they've got 10, 10 people in each group. And everybody does a different activity. So one group will do um, a seance, another group, will maybe do a vigil, um, another group may do pendulum work or dowsing rods um, and maybe table tipping or, you know, some of we have different activities that we do, different experiments that we do, but as the mediums of the group, we, we show those that are attending how to do it and how to do it properly by grounding yourself first, by putting protection around yourself first. And by how to how to open up your chakras so you can fine tune. And at the end of the evening, obviously we close everybody down. We teach them how to do it, just so that they can get the full experience themselves, rather than a medium that goes in and says, "I'm feeling this and I'm feeling this and this is what I've got." And I've got great Aunt Sally here who's come to say hello to everybody. Um, so I, I, I don't I, I don't particularly. Like I wouldn't like to go to an investigation like that where the medium is doing all of the work, which is a is a lot to do. We like to have the individuals experience things for themselves, so that if somebody said, well, you know, what about what do you think about this? Well, we'll try something. If somebody wants to bring something in, um, then we will try it we'll give things a try with the exception of a Ouija board which we won't ever use but um, we will get them to try things um, and, and but we'll do it in a safe way because people don't realise that they can open doorways in this way if they don't know how to close the doorways that they're opening up as they're going into properties it can cause all sorts of problems for the individuals. Um, who are who are attending, but also for the property itself. You know, so you've got to treat it with respect. That, that's the way I look at it.
1: So feathers paranormal is is about helping, I suppose, aspiring mediums or practicing mediums to enhance their skills in a paranormal setting.
0: Um, it, it's interesting that actually, because not everybody who works as a medium at feathers. Um, goes to the paranormal investigations mm. some of the mediums there are not interested in that side of it uh, we've got one medium um who's an absolute sweetheart martin he works on a monday and he never comes to any of the paranormal uh, investigations that uh, we do because oh he says just not just not up his street it's just not the sort of thing that he likes to do um, and yet he works um, mediumistically, and he works with tarot cards, and he works with runestones stones, um, and he does numerology. So he's got a wide range of things that uh, that he's done, a lot of which he's learned at Feathers, but some of which he's then developed himself. So um, he brings a, a, diff- a different sort of thing in a different flavour, if you like, um, into this But he's not interested in going on paranormal investigations. So. It, it's interesting. The offer is there if they want to join in, but if they don't, then that's fine. Uh, it, it's, we do have a, a selection of people who tend to, oh, yes, let me know when the next one is, I want to come. Because they can experience things themselves. You know, They yeah. actually get to, to try things out for themselves, and we teach them how to work with energy themselves. So, um, But in a safe way. I think that's what it is. It's in a safe way. It's not in a scary way at all, even though people do like to have the... I don't know why, because, I mean, I can't watch uh, uh, things like that on television. I'm terrible. I can't... I could. Don't show me anything like that before I go to sleep, so I'll never get to sleep, even though I do this type of work all the time, you know.
1: Yeah. And I think you're right, because, you know, very popular TV programmes have promoted the fear factor in investigating and spirit work. And I think that that has done wonders for uh raising the profile of mediumship and with some very you know well-known mediums appearing on the programs but i think also it has minimized the risks associated with it also so it's made it quite normal for people just to go out and shout out and call out for spirits and and for things to happen and you know to ask for table tipping etc i guess what i was what i was asking about feathers paranormal was the um the majority of the people on 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 there will be about will be mediumistic in some ways. they'll be enhancing skills and tuning in and learning how to open and close and and do that safely as opposed to having a group whereby there may be a couple of mediums and um a handful of skeptics and a handful of scientists and you know to really kind of fathom out um the evidence and trying to create a solid and evidence base for the mediumship as possible.
0: Yeah I think um, that that is an entirely different sort of group that, it, that, that would have to be a smaller group really than um, it, because you're bringing, on our paranormal investigations uh, where the general public join us we do use equipment but um, we don't have Specialists in that field, like Steve Parsons, or specialists um, uh, who, um, or, or, or a parapsychologist who would be there. You know, we have worked with um, uh, Cal Cooper um, uh, on a TV show, actually, in, in here in the UK. Um, uh, Steve uh, and I, with Cal, on on a, a program that uh, where we brought um, his spin on things. So that was quite a di- different. Um, angle for us, and I think it's something. I think it's something that should really be uh, taken very seriously. I think it should be um, one thing enhancing another because the parapsychologist really wants to believe that there's something uh, there. But in order to ha- for for them to get that proof, they they've got to eliminate everything uh, as a process and. I think that's good, because it keeps you very grounded, but at the same time, open-minded. And, yeah. and that's the sort of approach, I think, that is quite necessary with the type type of work that we do. There's no book that has ever been written that says, this is how mediumship is, because it's different for every individual. It's not like a guideline to riding a bike,
1: yeah. you know, It
0: it's everything is different. Um, And every individual is different when we're here on the earth plane, which means that once you go over to the spirit world, we're still going to retain that individuality. And so, therefore, you will react to different things in different ways. So I I, I think you're right. Nothing can be replicated in that way um, because the energy is different uh, every time. And, And the other thing that bothers me about investigating well-known haunted locations, if you like, with the different paranormal groups is, um, I've been to um, some locations where the energy has been really high, and and you go on other occasions and the energy is completely flat. There's, yeah. there's nothing there. Um, and so you have to accept that, you know what, on this occasion we're not feeling anything. That's being completely honest. And if... And if 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 you are honest about what you're receiving and what other people are receiving, then that's got to be a good thing too. The energy can sometimes be flat because you know the you know maybe the spirits are going. Oh, do you know what? I'm so fed up with this. I had a group in last night. I don't want to perform again tonight, so I'm not going to be there. So um, you you know we have to be very careful about what how many times you can investigate one place, you know. Uh, yeah, and, and I,
1: I agree with you, totally on the, on, on the same wavelength as you. And I think it's a shame because there are groups of, um, you know, 20, 30, 40. I've seen groups of up to 70 people in what is is advertised as a paranormal investigation that just could never be one. And uh, people go along because it's on telly, it's, it's the fear factor, it's something a bit spooky to do. And there's no way in the world that they are experiencing a true investigation in any way, shape or form. And, you know, these large events where something's got to happen because you've got to keep those people coming back. So that's I think nice. there's there's then a pressure on the company to, to, to perform. And yes. likewise, that's very hard in our world because you know that you can go into somewhere and there's nothing. I recently did a, an investigation for a group and, and, and there was absolutely nothing. The whole evening was very flat. Um, they they did everything they could to try and conjure up something that wasn't mm-hmm. there. And they couldn't yeah. understand why I kept saying, no, no nothing there. Yeah. Um, and I found myself in that position where I was thinking, actually, you know, I, I, I don't need to justify this. And I had to keep reminding myself. Yeah. Um, reminding them. And that's hard. And you see that on television as well. We, we've seen television mediums um, not perform like a performing monkey and therefore, and not make things up and therefore be um, cast aside by, by television companies because actually it yeah. doesn't happen like that.
0: Yeah. though so that's reality. And I think yeah. if you stay uh, honest and true to, um, to who you are and, and what you're... Re- receiving, then that's got to be a good thing. But you, you're right, you know, people, um, especially with TV, which is very visual, it's got to be very visual, and it's all about the ratings with TV as well. You know, you have to have to perform, and you have to do this, or you have to do that. Well, you know, many uh, years ago, before um, we'd even uh, started to work on rescue mediums, uh, Christine and I did some work for a German TV company called Pro7. And they uh, took us to a few different places um, to um, to investigate. Just the two of us uh, with with a film crew. And on one of the one of the places that we went to, um, the there was it was it was a little bit it was a little bit flat. There was things going on there, and you know. And when we said to the producer, what? What is it you want? What do you want from us? What do you expect from us? Because we were giving him clairvoyantly what we were receiving, but he was v- quite disinterested. Uh, it, and he said, what I want is for, for something to come from the sky, for something to happen right there and then and my camera be focused right at that moment in time so I get you know the fireball that comes from the sky and I've got that there and I can hear the chains that are uh, clinking up and down those stairs as you're telling me about this story. He said that's what I want and I said to him well if that's what you want then you go and find yourself a couple of actors because we don't act. And yeah. we walked off. We walked away. They had to get the uh, the, the boss who was over this producer to, to ring because we, would, we wouldn't perform. And we wouldn't do We weren't going to make something there that wasn't there.
1: Of course. And we saw that with Chris Conway when he said, actually, I'm here to work for Spirit. I'm going to work for Spirit. I'm going to try, stay true to Spirit. I'm yeah. not going to make stuff up just because I've got five minutes to come up with something. Yes, uh, exactly. and you know, fair fair play to somebody for just standing up and saying, "I don't need this fame and fortune here." Actually, this is this is where I'm best placed. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. time is going so quickly. This is mad. And it, as you said, it, it's really good when you're talking to somebody on the same wavelength and and have that very similar. Um, beliefs. It, time just flies by so you just have a conversation about all the things that we could put the world to rights on.
0: I now, know. <laughs> so
1: but I, but I can't not talk about your um your artistry, your psychic art. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> feels, you i 'Cause I've I've never um I've never tried, um, if I'm honest, with psychic art, um and I, I'm not really sure that it would be my thing, but I I'm impressed with 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 yours, and that leads me on again further to that to how many drawings you've done of spirit guides.
0: Oh crikey, I don't know. I've lost count.
1: <laughs> there's, there's just countless, and I'm, I'm for all the listeners. I'm I'm currently while I'm talking to Jackie. I'm I'm clearly listening, but I'm also perusing her website, which is JackieDenison.com. and on that page, um, the home page. Along the bottom, there is a whole scrolling ribbon of different drawings that that Jackie has done psychically, and many of them relate to being spirit guides. So, tell me how how this how it works for you, Jackie. How do how do you do this?
0: And well, the, the spirit guide one are, are, are done in a in a slightly different way. Um, the spirit guide my portraits that are on the website or, or guy portraits that I've done for people, you know, so they've had them it's either a commission piece or I felt compelled to do that for some. A lot of those were for Silent Voices magazine I used to write for, but also for Supernatural magazine as well. We do a monthly uh, drawing for, for them. So there's Spirit, what I would do in that case, I would have a photograph of someone in front of me. So so say I had a photograph of, of you in front of me. I would um, link into your uh, aura, I would because I have to be able to see somebody's eyes when I'm working in this way. I would link into your aura, to your energy field, by focusing on your, your eyes. Um, and then I would ask my spirit guide to connect with your spirit guide, to ask them to come forward, or whichever spirit guide happened to to come forward at that time, and then I would get my uh, a different guide that I have. This is a psychic uh, artist guide um, to work through me. So I have about three different uh, artists that work with me in this way, and one of them works in colour, uh, very very uh, quite quite deep detailed colour. Another one works with colour but very quickly and then I have another one that works with pencil. Um, so, um, n- mainly the, the it's the one that works with colour when I'm doing guide portraits and I feel as though I'm completely uh, with that energy at that moment in time so I get to feel what the characteristics are of that guide. So there's a lot, there's quite a lot of, as you can imagine, a lot of love that comes with spirit guides, but wisdom as well. So it can even affect the way I sit, Um, because if I'm working with a spirit guide who's quite strict, if you like, I have to sit up straight, Um, and if I work with maybe a spirit guide who was an artist themselves when they were on the earth plane, they're quite sort of lots of flair. Uh, in in the picture, so I'm quite. I could be standing or sitting or moving around. Uh, so I tend to work with the spirit guides' energy in in that way. And um, when I'm working with psychic arts, say like for rescue mediums, um, that uh, the, the 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 psychic heart in that way is done by meditating before a couple of days before before I go to the location, so just for example, we, I know I'm working the day after tomorrow, so today I would sit, meditate, I would get, um, I would ask my spirit guide to give me a list of things, that like a bit like premonitions if you like, of what to expect when we got to the property, where we were going, what sort of things were going to be happening. And then I would ask the uh, psychic art guide to come forward. To work through me to um, to to show me either someone who connects to the property or some, somebody who connects to who is um, who is there what what spirit is there is if there is a spirit that is is haunting the property for want of a better word um, who they are what did they look like what is their personality so I tend to do quite a lot of different types of artwork like that so I could actually draw someone who is living in the property, actually still there. So it could be the homeowner. Um, it could be that I'm drawing someone from, I don't know, 1920, and it's a male, uh, and he's he's wearing a particular hat. Or um, so the hat becomes a quite a prominent uh, feature. Um, so when we actually go to the property. Uh, we do the investigation, and I say with rescue meetings we never know where we're going beforehand. Yeah. The, yeah. It could be that um, during uh, the investigation, uh, maybe a gentleman comes forward, uh, and Edna, who is our Head of Research, uh, will go away and will look at all the evidence that uh, we've, we've got as a result of the investigation, including the drawings that we do, um, and then she will maybe she finds I don't know Joe Brown who there's a picture of him wearing a hat and it's appeared in a newspaper in 1922 that she's managed to find um, after we've done the investigation. So that is another form of, of confirmation of working with a spirit energy, spirit guides, who will work with you in in a different way, in a in a psychic way. And of course Allison, who is my partner. Uh, on uh, the show um, with the last four seasons. Uh, She works in a completely different way with psychic art. Um, She will tell you she can't draw. Uh, And she can't draw, but what she draws is absolutely fantastic because her artwork tells a whole story. She could draw a couple of stick men and they are... uh, She might draw what looks like a wheelbarrow and maybe a rainbow and... Uh, you know uh, maybe I don't know a farm and it could be that when we get to the place it's a farm it's called Rainbow Farm and there's two people who you know know, used to live there that used to be their property so her pictures actually tell a story so it's a completely different way of working of course but um, the Stanky Cart takes many different forms
1: I think one of the, I mean just flicking through um, the the pictures that you've drawn, looking at how detailed they are and, and how colourful and the expressions. My first and this is quite bizarre because I looked through and I thought, wow, if these if these are guys, some of these guys needs to cheer up a bit. They, <laughs> they looked quite serious and quite stern. And um yeah. and then when I went back through them and look through them again, the majority of them are smiling. Yeah. But my first my first glance at them was, was different. I just, it was a bit of a, a mad moment there for me. I just thought, these guys need to lighten up a little bit. And then it was, wow, actually the majority of people are smiling. In in terms of our, our spirit guides, every, everybody has you know a very different guide. And um, sometimes they're easier to kind of learn from, communicate from, depending on what kind of level they're at, et cetera. Um, how easy do you find it to kind of touch base with people's guides and and to be able to have some insight into them?
0: Um, okay, so linking into um, to somebody else's spirit guide, it's not very easy to do, but um, when I'm working in a psychic heart way, I link in through someone's eyes. So um, that gives me a soul connection with somebody. So when I'm working in that way, I then uh, try and link into the aura field, to the energy, and it's not. It's my- My spirit guide who brings the guides forward that are connecting to the person's photograph that I'm linking it to, Um, it works in a similar way if I'm sitting with someone and doing a spirit guide portrait for someone who's sat in front of me. Um, It it, it works in exactly the same way. It's uh, it's probably a little bit stronger because I'm working with that person's energy uh, as well and so the guide's energy can come through at the same time. If I'm just doing a normal reading for somebody, it's very unusual for uh, a guide to come forward, although it has happened, and I'm sure that's happened with you as well, when a guide stepped forward.
1: Mm. Yeah, I, and, yeah. because when I was, I suppose, in, in earlier days, and I don't proclaim myself to be anywhere near, not in early days, but in, in, in my earlier days, uh, when my mediumship really switched on, I my guides um, and information was given to me to describe using very popular... Um, I'm trying to think of a way of wording this. So, for example, if if I was um, to validate the existence of spirit for somebody, uh, my guide might show me a picture of a living room. And they'd say to me, this is what you need to describe. So I've described the living room. Now, knowing how I was going to describe that living room and knowing the words that I was going going to use my guide would give me a a living room that would be very easy for me to describe. So that could be, for example, um, one of the front rooms off of EastEnders. And they know that by looking at that image, I will be able to describe that other person's living room. It wouldn't be the same because I I will use different words. But they Mm -hmm. know that by giving me that image, I'm going to hit the nail on the head when I describe that room. So, So, for example, when somebody's saying... No, Julie, you're missing the point. You need to tell this person about dungarees. And I still carry on on my own little way because I think, well, what's the relevance of the dungarees? They're not that relevant. And I put my own living human head on and I do my own thing. My guide mm-hmm. will very quickly give me a picture that says, actually, this is Hale and Pace in their dungarees. Look how the dungarees, they're relevant. All you do as you're told. Yeah. So when my guides manifested themselves to me, my first guide that was um, very prominent manifested as a character from a television program. So when I describe him, I'm describing somebody that I see in my, my mind's eye, but it is actually the, the image of somebody from Stargate. Yes. Now, obviously, he's not the person from Stargate. But is that was... And he gave me his name as Roman. But that that um, image is one that he knows I will relate to. Yes. And likewise, with my, my next more prominent guide that came in, and much later, I get a perfect image of Morgan Freeman. And right. I don't have a name for this guy, but he's, he's there as, and he's stood there with a red book, he's very official looking, he's, he's, more, he's calm, he's, but he's solid. I know there's a solidarity with him, there's something that drives me forward. So... Um, you know how people present is quite different normally to who they are to help you make sense of something
0: absolutely yeah
1: so how does that impact so if you were to um, if I was to say I really would love a picture of my guide and would you see the image they're giving me or would you see something completely different
0: well everybody sees things in their own way it's very personal isn't it Mm -hmm. and and of course what we're linking into is the energy of that person, the spirit, um, the personality uh, of the guide and so and the the thing with guides, I found this out a a few times as well, is because they've reached a guide level they have been on the earth plane many times so therefore they have many incarnations and it depends which incarnation they show themselves to me in so yeah. um I I just for example, m- my main guide that I work with every single day, um, he's a little Egyptian fella. Yeah. And he's he's very small, very bony and and uh I I can't I can describe him. I know what you know, there's a picture of him that I've done only because he mithered me, done everybody else's drawing, you've not done mine. So I did a, a picture of, of, of him as well. Um, and that is on um, the, the website, if anybody wants to take a look at it. But um, he oh, he did um, a, a, like a past-life regression with me. And i have been working with him for about 20 years before he did this. And he said, you know, we've known each other in a previous lifetime. And I thought, I've never known you before now. I've never known you. But in this previous lifetime, he took me back to when we were slaves together. And... Um, in Egypt, and we were uh, slaves to a Turkish merchant. And as soon as he said that to me and showed me an image, I was straight away back to where I knew him from. And he was a Nubian slave,
1: wow.
0: and and I was just a, I was a I was a 14 years old, a slave girl, very happy with what I did, and we were best friends. Uh, and so his image then was totally different to the image that i see him now um mm. and so it's interesting as to which guide comes forward we all, all work with diff- you know we can have more than one guide as, as you know we can um but it depends which incarnation so i asked to i asked them to give me the spirit of who they are uh, to try and get to who who that is so we may have Um, We may have a guide that uh, is presenting in one way, but in the background there might be something else there. There might be something in the background in the picture that comes out sometimes in the picture that doesn't relate to that person at that time frame. It might relate to a previous incarnation as well. So it's the knowledge that comes from every incarnation that goes with a message, because I usually give, the, I usually have channeled messages that go with the guide portrait, mm-hmm. so it's interesting as to who comes forward and why, sometimes it can be a new guide, completely new guide that you're not aware of, um, but you know you shortly will be aware of, so um, in answer to your question, I know I sort of, I've gone off a little bit, but that's typical of me, um, your question uh, was, would I see that guide the same as you see the, the guide yourself? Um, maybe an essence of who that guide is. It might be exactly what you're seeing, but uh, I'm, I am could see one thing uh, as an interpretation. You might have an image of, of someone else, but the essence of who that person is still the, is still the same. It's a bit like Chinese whispers, I suppose. If you say a name, by the time it gets to the end of the line, it's sort of... The essence of it is still there, but it might have dynamically have changed. So, um, I've had some people who have said, "Yes, that's exactly wow. who I see," and other people say, "Oh, that's interesting. Um, I, I, I know. I recognise the eyes of this person. Maybe I'm just seeing them in a different way, or maybe." But well, the message was was absolutely right for what they needed at that time. So,
1: it's a fascinating subject, isn't it? Because it is about so those different um, different levels, the different incantations, the different um, our our way of absorbing information from spirit, it will all counteract and, and influence what it is we're seeing.
0: Yes. Yes. Well, absolutely. And then you get the you get the totem guides that start to come in then as well. So when you when you start working with the with animal guides, and obviously an animal is not there sitting there talking to you, but um, guides will communicate with whatever you need at, at that particular time. And it could be the, the, um, the, the message of, I don't know, the giraffe that you needed right there, you know, to stay very grounded, but to rise above the situation and, and to have patience and you'll get the, uh, the sweetest uh, leaves or the, the best results. So there's, a lot, there's so many different ways to work with them. I call it psychic shorthand when they do this with me.
1: Yeah, I mean, my first guide was a, I spoke My first experience of working with alongside a, gu- a guide or understanding that, about a guide was when I was very young with a black cat. So, mm-hmm. and the black cat used to be a quite an, um, a predominant feature in my life until I was in my twenties, and then I see a lot less. Well, I don't see the cat now. I very, you know, I haven't seen the cat for, for many years, and. That kind of evolves, and things switched off a little while whilst I had young children, and then switched back on. Um, and somebody said to me, you know, just shout out, you make sure they make themselves known to you, and, and, and it happened, and it was all good. Um, but certainly those very early experiences were very reassuring with this cat. Mm. I, was, I, was, I was only about, must have been about 11 to 12 at the time, so... Well, Jackie,
0: it's been... Wow. It's and just mentioned the cat. I know I, I know we're, we're, we're rounding up, but you see, we could go on yeah, no, forever. fine.
1: Carry on, carry
0: on. <laughs> the black cat is funny because one of my totems is a black panther.
1: Oh, right.
0: Yeah, they, so as soon as you said do... black cat, I was right there with my black panther.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I used, to, I used to walk into a room and I would see this black cat in front of me and it would walk off out of my my peripheral vision and if I turned to look at the cat the cat would go I wouldn't be able to stare at the cat Um, but I knew it was there and it would walk away and I could see it walking away but if I turned to look it would disappear and my mum spent hours looking for this cat. And we'd, we'd, always had, we'd always had cats as I grew up. So there was nothing unusual for me to feel a cat jump on the bottom of the bed, turn around a few times to get comfortable and then lay down. So, of course, when I was saying, when our cat had died, actually, it's the black cat. It's on the bottom of the bed. Mum saying, we haven't got a black cat. And she, she'd be hunting up and down. And although my mum was, was very interested in spirit. Uh, she she had tickets to see the late Doris Stokes when I was twelve, and when it came to her actually attending, she couldn't go. So while she had this oh, wow. innate innate belief in in there's something more and it's more spiritualism than, for example, a, a, a different sense of Christianity or a different religion. Mm-hmm. Um, when it came to it, she was too scared to to be able to go, and I attended at the age of twelve. Wow. (laughs) Which is all around the same time as as, as cats and and, and all of that. So it's funny when you look back and you can start to see your psychic pathway forming way before you really understood it.
0: Absolutely. Yes. Fascinating. Absolutely. I just love it. I wake up in the morning and I just thank, I'm so thankful that I can work in in such a way because I, I love every aspect of what I do.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it's amazing. But I have, I have, a, as my listeners want a, a different full-time job completely than than being a medium. Um, but to make that switch would be, um, you know, just a wonderful uh, opportunity and experience for me to to do that full time. Yeah. Okay. Well, Jackie, it's been amazing. has been it's been a truly lovely chat. It's, been a, it's probably been one of the few interviews, it's probably a handful, that I can say it's just been a conversation and a chat and this has been that and, and I've learned a lot and um, and listened to, to your stories and they've, they've certainly given me um, food for thought And you know, when you're trying to think around your own beliefs and, and how things work um, as well as enhancing my knowledge. So thank you ever so much. I really, really appreciate the interview.
0: You are very, very welcome. I've thoroughly enjoyed myself. I look forward to speaking to you again.
1: Absolutely. So from all of us here at the Julie Sav show and from Jackie, um, have a great evening. And thank you once again, Jackie, for being uh, an amazing guest.
0: The mission has been completed.
1: The end. By George, he's got it.
0: It is the end. I'll see you.
1: This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. If you're lying to me, I'll be back.